11 days, three games, three clean sheets, four goals and nine precious points. Has the baggy season finally started just as we head into the international break. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast. I'm Johnny Drury and as always I'm joined by the main man, Baggies correspondent, Lewis Cox. Lewis, three games, three wins. My God, things are looking better, aren't they? Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, I was about to... Uh... I was about to give the um, the name of the ship, the cruise liner. It's uh, it's it's a name, but we can't do it on this podcast. Can we? <laughs> it, it's set, set, set sail, though, hasn't it? Set sail, yes, it certainly set has. Sail. Well, uh, I don't know, don't know about that, but it's it's just yeah. No, yeah the engines are whirring. Ready to go. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, great, great form. Good, good time at the moment, isn't it? Um, unbelievable start for the new head coach. Yeah, you couldn't. He could hardly have wished it to be better. And yeah. interesting conundrum, isn't it? About how you have three wins, great momentum, and and now we're having a break, which which you wouldn't normally want on the back of such good form. Having said that, I think Carlos Corbin and probably all Albion fans are, are very happy and excited for them to get some hard graft on in the training ground and uh, and see what they can come up with because there's a lot still to, to happen this season, I think. Yeah, he's produced three results without, you know, in a short space of time, but yeah, that'll be interesting. And we'll cover that all in today's podcast. And this is going to be our last, I say in inverted commas, normal podcast um, for a couple of weeks. But don't worry, there's, there's not a break in episodes. We've got plenty of guest episodes coming up for you. And we'll talk about them later on in the podcast. And we'll, next week, we'll also be joined by four Albion fans for a bit of a different special episode. Um, but we'll talk about all that later on. We'll, now, in the, in the main, we're going to talk about the win on Saturday. Um, just dissect that, and there's only one place we're going to start, and I think Lewis knows exactly what I'm going to say in a minute. Um, we're going to review the season, so obviously now we've got a little bit of a break. We're going to look back, look back at the summer, what we thought was going to happen post-season, uh, pre-season, sorry, and look what happened. Go over the Bruce Rain, the Carlos Corbran appointment, um, and just review what has happened in Albion's, um, well, on the whole, disappointing season so far. But the last 11 days, as we said, have been pretty good. Um, so we'll look at that. We're also going to touch on the action for Albion whistle um, whistle on the board, which happened this weekend. Uh, last weekend, it was the second action that they held after the the lights um, the lights won a few weeks before. So we'll talk about that. It seemed to go down really well at the Hawthorns on Saturday. So I'll get Lewis's reaction to that. We're going to talk about Albion youngsters. Rich Beale um, has been saying he's got there's some exciting more more exciting young talents coming through the Albion Academy. We'll answer your questions. We've got some absolute belters today. Um, as I said, we'll look ahead to post-international break. We'll look ahead to the Spanish training camp that Albion are going to go on that we heard about yesterday. And I go head-to-head with another Albion fan in a quiz. And you'll be disappointed. I was shocking, really. Um, so, well, as I have been in recent weeks. But we're only going to start in one place. And that is the Saturday victory over Stoke. And, Lewis, I'm going to see if you can guess where I'm going to start. A moment in the game... I'm going to ask you all about it. I'm just going to say, just sum up that moment. I'm not even going to talk about it because you should know what I'm talking about, really. But oh, sum it up. So yeah. go take me through what you were feeling in that press box at that moment. I, for for a second, Johnny, I thought you were going to give me a detailed analysis on your trip to Shrewsbury. Um... Oh no, no, we don't want to hear about that. There's only one place to start. I will. I could oh. talk you through it if you want. If if, if we got 55 minutes and we're short five minutes, we'll do it at the end. To fill the gap, but there's only perhaps, one place to perhaps start. We'll just do that privately, mate. I'm not sure the, uh, <laughs> you know, the listeners need to be put through that. But um, oh, wow, yeah, um, what a moment when Dowell DK came off the bench. No, I'm <laughs> I uh, yeah, what what was it? 
50th minute. Um, wow. It was one of those moments, Brandon Thomas Sante's goal, where um, you're sort of looking at colleagues in the in the press box, open-mouthed, really. I, I turned to my to my right where Elias of the athletic fame uh, was sitting and we just looked at each other with kind of like open-mouthed, wide-eyed, like, wow. You know, almost did that happen type thing. Kind of looked behind me to where the uh, where the lads who work for the club, work for Albion, uh, work behind us just to just to get everyone's reaction. It was it was wild. It was it was pretty special, wasn't it? One, I haven't seen um, a goal of that quality certainly scored by the club I was covering for some time. It, it was a real magical moment. Yeah. Really happy for the player it happened for, for reasons we'll probably go into. Um, just felt like such a good moment. The, hot, the the noise the crowd made when it went in, as much as a cheer, it was like a like that noise of like a amazing. gasp, wasn't it? Almost. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then it was played on the big screens as a replay, and then you get more like gasps as as fans see it again on on the replay. It it was, uh, of course, fans will have viewed it probably. <laughs> Hundreds of times, off if not thousands, now online since the videos have, have done the rounds. And um, I mean, the videos are great, aren't they? They are great, but it, it felt even better live. It was one of those sort of um, in the moment type goals. I said uh, not long after it went in that the only other one I can think of this season, and you'll be unsurprised to hear this, this this wasn't an Albion player, but but Ismail Assar's um, goal at the Hawthorns yeah. for Watford in in the first home game, wasn't it? It's actually the first Albion game I covered doing the role. So, uh, yeah, some first goal I saw. But obviously that went against the baggies and, you know, David Button out of his goal and, and all of that. But sheer genius from Saar, wasn't it? But this was a very different goal, very different moment. And you don't see many like this, do you? You don't see that many perfectly executed bicycles from that far out of goal. You had to get so much right. You know, the elevation to beat the keeper to lob the keeper who by the way wasn't very far off his line um it was yeah it was it was a it was a magical moment um it'll take some topping won't it in the goal of the season stakes yeah i think he's got it i think he bought, I think, he bought, he's got it sewn up and i think already, the teammate, yeah, a, his teammates are in a bit of trouble there but no it was um <laughs> it was great and and he put in a really good performance all round i would say uh thomas asante back in the side back as a starter for the first time in a good while first time under corbin so you know needed to make an impression and couldn't couldn't have made much of a better one than that, could he? Yeah, it was you know it was some gold, and as you said, you know great for it to happen to him. I'm just um, going to touch on three players really. We touched on Asante, and I want to touch on Kyle Bartley. I know we talked at length about him last week, but you know he's not only produced. I thought he had a really good game at Millwall. He got sent off, um, and then he missed Sheffield United, I believe. Came back in for Blackpool, did, did did okay against Blackpool. But the last couple of weeks, he's just gone. He's all of a sudden emerged from nowhere, being this sort of, not villain, but, you know, when times are tough at Albion, you know, people have talked a lot of this season. And, and some of it is right about, you know, there's probably players that have been at the club too long. We we, we did touch on it last week. Bartley was one of them, but he's been absolutely phenomenal in the last two <laughs> you know he should have scored two really on Saturday he had one oh, and back the rest, off the crossbar and, and, and the rest Johnny I mean at, at least a hat-trick really yeah um there was a one that thumped the bar as you say and and two went wide as well all in the first half if I'm not mistaken yeah 
all in that first half, all yeah. I think all four really from Swift deliveries as as the goal was. Um, excellent delivery, by the way, from from John Swift, who's really coming to the fore now. Um, yeah, he should he should have had three at least. Really, the two that he sent wide were really big chances. Probably the easier of the headers. Um, but you're right. What a what a redemption story he's he's going through a, a renaissance. Really, I mean, I I get a little bit edgy about going to OT with this, um, despite him, you know, being a goal hero the last two games, playing a massive part in the clean sheet, still clearly being a leader around the place. You, you almost always expect a reaction from players when a new manager comes in. I think, you know, the players know they have to perform if they want to stay around at the club, certainly be in the side. So you almost kind of expect that. But I think, like you say, even under Richard Beale at Millwall, <laughs> where where it finished disastrously for him with the red, he, he played well. And, and that was in his first response from the Blues nightmare, wasn't it? So... But um, from speaking to sort of colleagues and, and fans as well about years gone by with Bartley, I'm, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily 100% accurate, but he, he's had false dawns, hasn't he? Then he's had tricky times and come back. And I think it does point to a good character, really, to, to be able to, to respond like that and go again. Um, seems to have built up something with the fans again after, after they were booing and jeering him. Uh, but you're right about the last two or three, four games. Been immense, hasn't he? And he's he's a certain type of defender, as I've said before. In both boxes, if it's a certain type of game, he can be so influent, uh, so influential, and and impact games positively at both ends. To be honest, he needs to score more goals because if the delivery is right, which you know, you, all right, Stoke would dire at defending them. Um, if Swift's delivery can remain at, at or near that level, Bartley with his, with his size, the unit, the force he attacks it with, should be getting yeah. on the end of at least a couple each game. You know, and yeah. it, it needs to become more of a potent weapon, really. The uh, difference, but, yeah, I wasn't at the game obviously on Saturday, but watching the highlights, what extended highlights, the difference, if you look at him, say, um, Birmingham and just, you know, three areas that led to the to three goals, um, and he just, and this is a case for a lot of Albion players now, so it's obviously affected Carlos Corbrand and what Carlos Corbrand's done, but it shows how big confidence is in football because these players aren't any, you know, Carlos Corbrand's had, what, a month with them? So he's probably Less improved them, three, probably three improved them and yeah. tweaked them, but he hasn't changed their quality, if you get what I mean, massively. So ability was already always there. Yeah. It's just now they just look 10 foot tall, confident and it just he was so he just looked obviously he got taken off didn't he in the Birmingham game and he was booed off and you know just looked like a shell almost didn't he and then you look at him on Saturday and you know he's got the fingers in the ears or the fingers behind the ears or whatever it was and and you know good on him because he's he's, he's answered the you know he stood up he's performed for, for Corbran and, and he's performed for the Albion fans again now isn't he yeah yeah I think um what you touched on there about the impact of the new manager or head coach uh possibly worth adding in instructions as well obviously each, uh, a manager will tell a player or a group of defenders or a team to do a slightly different thing won't they with and without the ball um have slightly different messages and methods and yeah clearly that's going to be the case between a manager like steve bruce and a head yeah coach yeah and i don't like, want to play down how good yeah. carlos corbran yeah, is yeah, but yeah, yeah. 
it's just you look to them players after. Yeah, you know, I can't. I'm trying to think off the head, but Bruce's last game was was it Luton? Um, but you look yeah. at them, them last four or five games. Preston, Wigan, was it Wigan? No, Wigan was a bit earlier. Preston, um, and just those games, they just looked not beaten before they went out there, but they just didn't. Oh look, yeah, they were on the floor, weren't they? Yeah, so they were on, on the absolute deck, and the difference it's going. And Cole Brown asked, you know, it's not just oh, it's not as easy as as just going. Oh, we win games and, and the confidence will grow again. Obviously, Cole Brown's played a massive part in that. And, you know, it's one of them you'd love to see what he's done behind the scene, putting arms around people, you know, doing whatever, bigging someone up or, or that. But just the difference that has made, you know, because these players, we all knew, didn't we? But we questioned. I'm just going to go off a bit of a tangent now and talk about the squad. And not for one minute do we think every problem is solved, Albion. There's still, was it 17 or 20, 20, 20th in the table? 21st, is it? 21st in the table. Um, but, that quality was always there and we, and we said, didn't we, for a long time, we'll talk about this because we're going to review the season anyway, but we talked for a long time when things were sort of sliding under Steve Bruce from the start of the season. Quality of the squad's still there. When it gels, when it clicks into gear, a couple of wins, it'll get going. And I find myself questioning the quality of the squad. Is is the squad actually good enough at one point? But it shows that it is more than good enough, but it's been coached by you know, the methods that Paul Brown's using are working and the confidence that Albion have got at the moment, you know, and Bartley being head of that because of his turnaround is is magnificent to see. Yeah, yeah. We we spoke on this, didn't we, about the squad not being as good as we thought, as the wider fan base thought, as it looks on paper. Apologies for using that phrase. I hate that phrase. But um, yeah, I remember you starting one of the podcasts probably about a month, five weeks ago now with... Uh, Simple question, can Albion go down? And I'm pretty sure I said yes. Um, yeah. Which, you know, obviously in a nightmare turn of events could could always happen, but you'd like to think now we're in a we're in a different we're in a different section now, aren't we? A new era. Um I think I think just going back to Bartley, um he's he's got a game for certain styles, hasn't he? And if he's not we're not gonna yeah, and this is nothing against Bartley, few players are, but he's not the second coming of Maldini, is he? He can't no. pick it up and, you know, waltz, waltz through tackles and drive forward, you know, or anything like Just that. Just doing the basics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember the Blues game, you know, one was a failed interception, wasn't it? It was one a loose touch and one a lack of closing down, which you wouldn't have him down for a lack of closing down, but there were sort of, Dilly dallying between him and David Button, weren't they, for that one goal from the angle? And I'd like to think Albion are just beyond that now. And yeah, we're seeing a different player, aren't we? And he's clearly a big personality around the place. Uh, a lot as a long serving player, he's gonna carry that sort of gravitas around the place. He's gonna be a bit of a leader. Younger, newer players might might follow him. So that's important. Um, and you touched on confidence, Johnny, just finally. Just there, and, and Carlos Gorman's had a few really interesting points about whenever you mention confidence to him. I said to him after the game the other day, and got some more of this coming in the paper and online in the coming days. Um, I said it just. I said to him, it just looks like before we took over, we were watching a team as you just as we just said on on the floor with no confidence, and now, yeah, obviously it comes with victories and results, but they look a different beast. They look full of confidence, and. Yeah. His point on confidence is very interesting, actually, and I have reported it already. But he he has regularly repeated that you can't footballers can't wait for wins for confidence because yeah. 
you, it'll affect the way you're playing and you're waiting to get the result to start. It needs to come from within. Um, and yeah, that's 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 an interesting point because you know most would just talk to winning breeds confidence, confidence, yeah, and momentum. Right. But he's he's obviously had to come in and really, uh, you said there, put an arm around players or talk them up. He's really had to clearly come in and whether it's pep talks or just blow smoke up, you know, the players. He, he regularly speaks to us about how much they've achieved in their careers prior to being at Albion and and. For a lot of them, that that is the case, isn't it? Playing top flight football, um, international football in many cases. So, so yeah, they. It's interesting to see him talk like that, isn't it? Because we haven't that, and he is this tech. You know, from what we spoke about, Yukushlu and and Bartley talking last last week. Um, about yes. How, you know, he's opened the players' eyes with his detail and, and all these little things that he does. But you know, this is just me speculating. He talks there about confidence and being from within. They're the simple things, aren't they? Chucking an arm around someone, telling psychological Matt, things, telling Matty Phillips how many Premier League games he's played, and you know he's still still got ability and stuff like that. Yeah, they're, yeah. The, they're not the technical things, are they? That you'd all the things that you'd associate sort of a young and up and coming technical, you know, a student of the game. I think Brandon Thomas Asante called him in his interview. Mm. But they're the the simple things that Corbrand seems to be marrying together at the moment, which has got Albion this success in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the mental and psychological side of it, isn't it? And um, as someone who worked under Bielsa, actually, and I know, yeah, Bielsa's obviously not not fluent English and translator and stuff like that. But he always came across, I thought, as a manager or head coach who would say, you know, really fire his his team up with the way he sort yeah. of um, he speaks to them and acts around them and stuff like that. So maybe we're seeing elements of that. Um, the mental side of it, yeah, is is massive, and we know. Corbram, we know he's first and foremost a coach, a trainer. We know he's a stickler to detail tactic tactics, um, and that's that's a bit I'm excited about for these for these four weeks really. While while it's uh, a bit frustrating to be yeah. kicking our heels on the sofa, having no games or press conferences to write about, um, you know you can almost bank that every minute of these four weeks. I mean, even this we'll get onto it later. The trip to Spain and. The current week, as we speak now, the players are off, aren't they? Jetted off around the world on holidays. Um, but that's recovery. That's it's been a it's it has been a crazy period. I remember Steve Bruce saying right at the start of the season, however many games it is in however many days, five days off or whatever it is will will be no bad thing for players. I know some fans might say, well, they don't deserve time off, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, just from a sports science fitness side of it, physical side of it some days off to recover and uh, I have no doubt that the three weeks they'll be working both at the training ground and in Spain will be um, will be priceless really. Yeah I'm going to move straight on to our because we, we sort of touched on it there and moved into it our season review so far um, so I've got some some testing questions for, for Lewis um, for on on the Bruce Rain, what we felt back in pre-season, which is a little bit pre-season be a little bit difficult. So that's probably something that I'll sort of sort of cover, um, and sort of what's happened lately, and just you know different key points of the season. I'm going to start right back in well when when you took over really, Lewis. So you were your first game was Watford. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd seen pre-season before that, but when you came to Watford, Albion had uh, drew, drawn one all with Middlesbrough on the opening day. Um, you know, people are optimistic, very optimistic. But what was your sense back then? Obviously, this is forgetting what's happened now and what happened after that. But when you came into it, when you looked at it, what 
what were you th- were you thinking? Oh, West Brom have got a squad here where they could quite easily, not quite easily, but they're mm. going to compete for the top two and compete for the playoffs. Or you know, what was your your feeling back then? Was it a case of promotion push is going to start? And it's going to start from from early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I I knew the squad. I I didn't know the nuts and bolts, the ins and outs, but I was very aware um, through colleagues and obviously my predecessor in the role about where the club and squad was. Um, playoffs minimum, wasn't it? And that's looking at how the squad was, what positions they had. I know there was one or two concerns about some positions. I mean, this is, we're talking pre-Darrell DK injury as well, um, which is an important factor, isn't it? I mean, I'd, obviously we still don't really know, do we, if DK is going to be a, a hitter or not. He you know, could come in and, and do little. We hope, obviously, he takes off and he's a massive success. But yeah, I thought, with the players, the players there really, and again, this is before we must caveat in saying this is before the transfer window played out, didn't it? So we expected probably two or three more signings. Um, some did come, but obviously, sort of not the ones the club wanted in the end. But yeah, I thought, I thought really, my, my honest opinion, having what was it, tenth place last season, was it for Albion? Yeah. Um, my honest opinion was that there's no way that. Almost there's no way it will be allowed that Albion will be down, struggling in mid-table again. I thought lessons learned from last season. I mean, Steve Bruce spoke so much about, and obviously with the additions of Wallace and Swift, it was all about sharpening up the front end, moving the the incredible amount of goalless draws last season and and no goals scored and all of this. Um, It looked like the front end had been sharpened and, Albin were pretty sound at the back last season, weren't they? And, and then obviously as a, as the weeks and months went, that flipped on its head totally. But no, my my um, my thoughts were we're we're on we're in for a promotion ride here. And uh, I mean, whisper it quietly, but hopefully we still could be. But uh, <laughs> steady but, on. Yeah, it's it's been. I mean, again, you're gonna ask me some more on this review, but it, uh, the word roller coaster would. It's a bit of an understatement, hasn't it? It's been crazy. And I said when Albion was second bottom and bottom, if someone would have told me that a couple of months in, I would have, I would have laughed in their face, honestly, because you know I, I, it goes without saying you'd have expected them to be much closer to the top than than the bottom spot. But yeah, it's been it's been wild, and I I, I expected it to be to be in and around the top six all season. To be truthful, yeah, it was um, it was. An awful start. Just looking at, at results, obviously the two one-all draws, um, beat Sheffield United in the Cup, lost at Blackburn, drew with Cardiff, and then Albion beat Hull 5-2. And we're all sort of thinking, right, here we go. It's clicking in. Things are going to go. Lost 1-0 to Derby in the Cup. I think it was three draws on the spin. Then that awful, awful defeat to Birmingham, um, where Scott Ho- we made Scott Hogan look like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> Does he give us good interviews? Probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> when for you, you know, I know when it was for me, but when for you, or, or in that period when it was when Albion was struggling, did you always? Because a lot of Albion fans have written Bruce off even before the season, you know, very early on. Did you think right? It, they just he will get a tune out of him in the end. You know, the, the, the players are there, like we said before. We. It, it, it transpired that we questioned that if Albion had got a good enough squad. But was there, was it always in your mind in that period that you thought, right, you know, Bruce is an experienced manager. He surely they've got to start getting results at some point because this squad is is good. You know, shouldn't. Oh, yeah, I mean, I remember saying to you, Johnny, on many occasions, draws 
get you nowhere fast, mm. do they? And that that obviously sort of came home to roost. Uh, there's this. I think I think to a point, some draws were were masking inadequacies and, and failings. Really, a um, bit of a plaster over situations. I think there were some draws where Albion played played well, and um, there was a period, wasn't it, where they were drawing too many games, but playing well in these games and people were saying Albion are deserving more here. I mean, Watford stands out as the obvious one where they almost played Watford off the park. But yeah. for me, it tailed off a bit, didn't it? I'm just looking at the results here. And um, I didn't do the Cardiff one, but uh, that wasn't that was, great, was it, by, was, by all accounts? Uh, Huddersfield, Huddersfield and Wigan away um, in the space of a few days. I mean, Albion started terribly in both didn't they if memory serves and 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 obviously yeah. there was the theme of the season of conceding first and giving themselves a mountain to climb and brutal reality is not being good enough to do that not being good enough to give opponents a, a leg up because they haven't got the goals to get back into it and i yeah two down at huddersfield weren't they and certainly one down at wigan i believe um yeah the wigan one was like calamitous yeah one one but they were calamitous good. goals yeah. weren't they if you look at that period i think um, we start, that, that period, yeah. yeah. Like Huddersfield goals. One was a worldie, I think. One was a mistake from O'Shea. Wigan, the goal, semi jars let it bounce. McGuinness's McGuinness's has bullied him. Yeah. Um, the Jay Rodriguez one was like straight ball. I think that was a mistake. All three Birmingham ones were mistakes. Norwich one was unfortunate. The Swansea ones were poor. It was just. It was just on the back of that. I'm going to ask you when. When did you think Bruce is done here? When did you think there needs well, to be a change? I think um, you've mentioned that Blues game, and I've said this before on a podcast, yeah. but but prior to that, I mean, as I say, we had those those draws at Huddersfield and Wigan, um, and you're thinking, well, these are two poor teams here, Huddersfield and Wigan and Albion, are giving them head start, scraping to get back into it. It's it's all unconvincing. We had players dropping left, right and centre. We had the debacle of the transfer window closing. Um DK had obviously already gone injured. A J drops in. You're looking at the squad at this point with, with the signings don't come in, and you're thinking, Christ, you know. But then the next the next game was that Burnley home on the Friday night, and and Thomas Asante had signed, and then he come from the bench to get that that last second uh, equaliser. It was a penalty, wasn't it, that gave Burnley yeah. the lead in that game, as you say. Um, That's it. Yeah, there was a long ball over the top. Yeah, 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 Burnley, yeah. yeah. I mean that. That last second equaliser against Burnley was a, a different feeling, wasn't it? It was a positive one. Maybe a, a new dorm of a new striker who's going to score a goal and there was a bit of cheer. But again, it was only a draw and it was getting Albion nowhere quick, albeit taken against the yeah, top side, obviously. Um, and that took us into the Blues game, didn't it? And I remember saying here and saying to probably yourself as we, as we went to the Blues game, Albion had, by that point, was it something daft to... Only won one, but only lost maybe one and yeah, drawn the rest like of them, or something like yeah, that. Or, um, yeah. And it it felt to me like it was on a a scale. It was a lot was riding on this Blues game. Yeah, Derby under the lights midweek. Not a stretch of Blues, but a team you'd expect to beat clearly. Um, although they're having a better time of it this season. Um, team you'd expect to beat at home, and it it, it was just a big night, wasn't it? There was no. The manager's former club. There were a lot of factors into it. There was no no disguising that it was a huge night and it went disastrously as we've spoke. It went disastrously, didn't it? Um, couldn't have gone much worse. Yeah, players 
involved who at the time fans weren't having had had disasters and it ended disastrously you got the crowd having turned on 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 players as we've touched on um <laughs> ex villa striker scoring a hat trick you know in front of the smeric end i mean it, it it was rough wasn't it it was it was seriously rough and um i think that night or if not earlier but certainly that night um there were some jeers and chants against the manager weren't there and you you thought so much of success or not for steve bruce rested on that night when that night goes wrong and it ends with fans having turned on the manager it um it seldom recovers from there does it it's you struggle to come no back. coming back so, so that, that that night yeah. for me but um I think that, that night was the big line in the sand anyway but obviously it, it went on for quite a while didn't it under bruce and yeah uh, and that was that was um i remember sitting watching that game and then mistakes and being outside talking to to fans and you know the midweek games it's hard to speak to fans anyway but just just chatting to the few i was just I remember being stood there on alfred's lane just thinking this is like nothing what's what what's got happened for for something to change and um, well just having a look johnny actually if four four more games bruce got after bruce. yeah and it was one of them as well as you were talking then i was just looking through the um through the results um and what one thing that sort of stands out a little bit in terms of the games that albion have played there were little false dawns probably two or three of them throughout yeah. bruce's you know how many games did bruce have this season 15 games or something like that um well, again, Albion went to Norwich, didn't they? Who uh, yeah, were right? That, that was one. I think the first, the, the first one of false, not a false dawn, but a kickstart was obviously Hull. Then after Birmingham, I was just for someone who I was always, I'm not one for Albion sacked so many managers, and they've got to get, and, and it's rightly been said, they've got to get out of that rut. But they sacked so many managers because obviously they make bad appointments, and it turned out that Bruce in the end was a bad appointment. Um, nothing against the bloke you know he was always great with us and, and people don't like hearing that but it come to the point where he simply it, it wasn't going to recover but obviously there was that Norwich one wasn't there that was a false dawn um well we then um, went into an international break didn't we if you remember yeah. obviously it was yeah. uh, there was a lot of pressure but yeah as, and as he should reported, have really gone then shouldn't he really but well, yeah we, we reported didn't we that the manager was was obviously safe and secure till after yeah. that break and he would have been judged on the four or five games that then yeah. we started with with winnable fixtures and it just it didn't go did it we started again with that Swansea home wasn't it and, that and even was, in the game it talking about false dawns even yeah, within yeah. that game Swansea. That was a mental afternoon, wasn't it? That Swan, game. going two two one up, and you're thinking, right, you know, if they can win this, right, this could boost them, and then to, to end like it did, and then obviously Preston. I think she'll have to Preston if I'm perfectly honest. Um, what should after either after Birmingham, Swansea, Preston, and in the end, he did go after um, after Luton. I've just, just I know we've we've talked about you know that that run just in. In, and the biggest disappointment, so for, you know, one of the biggest doubt was obviously the Birmingham result as well. But in terms of, you know, ultimately Steve Bruce did make mistakes um, because that's why he's no longer West Bromwich Albion manager. But in terms of this season, Lewis, we can talk about the the, the um, making David Button number one, uh, which ultimately did give. Um, I think it was after the Swansea game, I believe he was in. He made his debut at Preston. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex Palmer did. Um, he didn't. Really, chucked Taylor Gardner Rickman in from the start for a while, um, in the middle of the park, and that really sort of changed and boosted Albion a little bit. He was sort of in and out, coming on a right back, 
Um, and then it was obviously Richard Bailey chucked in in the centre of midfield. Um, mm. And there's just a few dis- different decisions, you know, out of them. What 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 do you think proves to be the most costly? Obviously, the decision for Buttons probably cost Alvin. It's cost Alvin goals. Yeah, um, I mean the the uh, that's that's a high-profile one, isn't it? I yeah. I think um, I think a change could have been made there much much sooner. Really, the the numbers against, and obviously this is, you know, this isn't this isn't anything against Button, and you know, not intended to be any personal you know attack or anything like that but the numbers against him too as well as what we'd seen with our eyes on occasions weren't weren't great weren't the best were they by any stretch um you know you wondered what it said about Alex Palmer or certainly about Steve Bruce's belief in Alex Palmer an academy lad who's never really been given a chance despite multiple loans um wondered if it was ever going to happen for Alex Palmer but but it has and obviously it's it's gone well um but you you do that you do wonder Perhaps if Bruce would have rolled the dice a little bit earlier on that front, yeah. On 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 balance, some um, some fans did. Well, many fans, I'm sure. Um, obviously, it was slightly before I took on the role, but but and being the the number one in the summer, uh, that that decision was interesting yeah. to seven. First fans, time someone came to me. First time it really, I wasn't that. Obviously, losing Sam Johnson was massive, but you know, I thought Alvin had other other priorities rather than you know, getting too hung up about the first choice, the second choice being promoted as the first choice. But I came out of Blackburn away. Yeah. Um, beautiful sunny day at Blackburn, that was. Um, but obviously Albion lost. They probably shouldn't have lost the game. They probably should have got a point there. But A game a game where we, Steve Bruce waxed lyrical about the performance, but we yeah, were never really fully I don't taken. Think it was, I don't think it was good as, as he made out, to be perfectly no. honest. But I remember going outside and I hadn't really thought about Button's display at all prior to that. And I interviewed a fan and he said, um, he questioned about David Button and I had a message off another Albion fan who said about Button as well and I never thought of it and I watched him back and I was a bit like oh, I, I don't know I think you may be clutching the straws maybe one he could have got to but I don't think both and then the more it went on the more it sort of became a little bit obvious that this is becoming a really major problem for Albion um, but I suppose it is a, it's a big decision to change a goalkeeper um, but yeah, I think there was probably yeah. enough evidence there for Bruce to probably make the decision maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, of the benefit of hindsight, you know, we've got that and he didn't. Um, you know, as I said, hindsight. But we so. can't, we can't, you know, we can't lay it all at the. No, the absolutely not. Yeah, and I won't. Mean, the, the two, the two fullbacks. I mean, Furlong and Townsend. Um, just weren't good enough. Just on balance, I'm just gonna just gonna press on these last two questions because yeah. we've we're, we've gone through half an hour and we've got loads to get through. Um. I question the players a lot on this podcast and we, we question Bruce a lot as well. And what I would say, don't question the, you know, Albion players have got quality, but, you know, are the players doing everything they can? And I hate this threat. And it hasn't been said that this is what Albion players did, but, you know, you hear about when players are managing on a bad run, you know, he's down tools and all this sort of stuff. From the outside looking in, you know, the players have to take a little bit of responsibility, don't they? You know, it's not the sole problem. It wasn't Bruce's wasn't the sole responsibility. Obviously, the most responsibility sits with with him, I suppose, because he's a manager and he carries the can. But, you know, the players probably let the club down maybe a little bit in that period. You know, it's it's football's fickle and it changes, doesn't it? And that's what happens with three three wins. Um, but at, it, during that period, I imagine there'll be a few players who thought maybe I could have done a little bit more mm. for, for Bruce. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's un- unreasonable to say, but I think... Um... Again, I think we've said this before. Uh, little to no footballers 
go out not wanting to win do they or turn in a stinker and be booed by your own fans and have things be negative why would why would players want that unless yeah unless they've got some agenda against the situation which which is not what we is not what we heard with Bruce we heard by and large he was liked um by players yeah but look whether that's the same as all of the players bought into everything he was doing that's that's not the same is it i'm no. sure i'm sure if you know you're west bromwich albion in the championship and hurtling towards the relegation zone players are starting to think well what we're being told to do here or what we're being trained or coached to do or instructed to do it isn't working here something's something's not right here and then you start to have doubts i guess second guessing the manager's calls and stuff but in terms of wanting to go out and turn in a you know not try or not try to do the right thing or turn in a bad performance i i think i i don't really like you i don't really agree with that um but also as we said near the top of the show um to a point probably probably post blues wasn't it probably like you said there was a, a few draws and then that blues game they the belief was gone they were drained and sapped of of confidence and belief and it's quite difficult when you're at that stage quite difficult and you're relying on something else to drag you out of drag you into a win when you're at that stage and Albin just didn't have it did they they didn't have the goals to do it looked like Wallace was the only one who might be able to Dean Garner as well probably the only two able to make something happen and it just didn't happen for Bruce yeah and just just finally on our season review before we go to a little bit of news an advert and a few questions um Lewis what has been your favorite moment of the season so far <laughs> wow um Tricky one that. I like I I really enjoyed Taylor Gardner Hickman's goal at Reading. And and that away day in general. We were quite close to the away fans and it was a great moment and and nice to see an away win. <laughs> um You're pushing me here, John. Hold well on. Um Quick fire, I'll, come on. B, Quick B, fire, B, B, BTA's bicycle has to be up there. Yeah. That day at Reading was fun. Um, yeah, we'll go. We'll go between them. Reading away, Garnett and, and and Thomas Sante's goal, unbelievable. Well, hopefully there'll be certainly more. When I ask you that at the end of the season, there'll be a lot more to choose from. Right, hopefully. time for hopefully, yeah, time for an advert. Um, it's Catlin Toasterman time. As you all know by now, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Catlin Toasterman, and they have got some belting air fryers um, for you with some absolute bargain prices. Now, air fryers are the must-have kitchen product 2022, and you can get hold of one at the Catlin Toasterman for as little as £25. An absolute bargain. So get over there. And we're heading towards it's Black Friday on the 25th of November. Um, but you know what? The Catlin Toasterman doesn't do Black Friday, not because he doesn't want to give you any bargains, but because throughout the year, he already gives you some good value and great bargains all year round. So if you want to have a look at them bargains and get a, an air fryer or any other kitchen appliance, uh, head over to ketlandtoasterman.com or sorry, ketlandtoasterman.co.uk. Get that one right. Or head to Thorns Road in Briley Hill and see if you can pick up a bargain ahead of the festive period. I'm going to get one of these air fryers, Coxie, I'm telling you. Everyone's talking about them now. I've just oh. moved into my new house. I'm actually look, been talking about this a while. I'm just recording the Baggies broadcast in my kitchen at the moment. The debut Baggies broadcast, the new place. And everyone's on about air fryers. So I'm going to get I'm going to get along to the Catlin Toaster Man. And I'm going to, going to go and get one off him. 
There's already one in our kitchen, John. Is it good? Yes, very much so, and and good for uh, for all you health freaks out there. I know you and I like the odd chip, uh, trip to the to the gym, don't we? Uh, not together, yeah. all lad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over it then. I'm all over it. Get in the oh, air yeah. fryer, and you should too as well. Head over to kettleandtoasterman uk. Right, we're going to have a few questions now before you hear my pathetic effort at the quiz this week with TJ Smithy. Um, right, we're going to rattle through these ones, Coxie. Um, we have some great questions. Thanks for getting them in. Uh, we haven't had as many this week, but um, we some good quality, quality over quantity, potentially. Um, there's one anti, well, one not anti, one not West Brom. One. How about sharing your World Cup predictions? Give us, give us a World Cup prediction, Coxie. Put you on um, the spot. What are England going to do? England quarters. Sorry, that's, that's very underwhelming. Yeah. I think you're uh, right there. I think you're I, right I think we could see Argentina and Brazil, Argentina or Brazil, do yeah. well. Um, there's a more than little part of me that wants to see Messi go and lift the uh, Jules Rimet. Yeah. Not, not 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 over England, I would add clearly. Um, but you know, is it re- is it realistic that England are going to win the World Cup? No. That'll be a good clip, won't it? When England, yeah, I'll clip that when Harry Kane's when Harry Kane's made the trophy high. Um, that'll do the numbers. Yeah, um, I won't let you. Yeah, I won't yeah, let you forget yeah. that one. I won't let you I forget think, that one. I think um, I think Brazil are strong. They got a massive array of talent, haven't they? And mm. uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like Messi's career to be crowned by uh, with the ultimate prize. So yeah, we've got another question here. It was a section we're going to talk about later on, but we'll cover it now. Um, what do you think of what do you think Action for Albion could do next? Now, Action for Albion, the group, obviously, you know, everyone knows who they are at the moment. They're set up to, um, you know, they're going to. They want well answers really, and they're highlighting, you know, the, the the goings on behind the scenes at the football club, which we again, like Lewis said, we're hoping to bring you more information on when Lewis sits down with or the journalists sit down with Ron Gawley, hopefully in the very near future. Um, but it was the on Saturday, it was the whistle on the board where Action for Albion encouraged you to download an app which played a whistle. I think it was on the twelfth minute um, of the game. Um, Lewis, what would I've seen a few good comments online, people saying, you know, it's more stuff that brought. Um, brought more attention to it, and then an impromptu sort of rerun of the lights, sort of light show we called it, didn't it? It looked very impressive in the second half. What did you make of the the whistle on the board stuff, and and how did it go down in the ground? Yeah, I mean, the, first of all, there was no shortage again of those like like the Blackpool game where it happened last time on the Tuesday night. There were there were no shortage of fans taking part, which is good. It's what you want, isn't it? Fans paying attention to it, joining it to to hopefully make themselves heard louder on the situation um i don't i think it's difficult with sound isn't it i it, it was very audible you know you, you could very much hear it i don't think it had the same it didn't feel to me like it had quite the same influence impact that the the lights did and then as as i reported actually and as you say there in, in the second about midway through the second half the lights protest sort of broke out of nowhere really and don't know why it or how it started but the important thing is it started and I thought it was again it was really powerful the light show and the fact that it was unprompted and uh and, and and not pre-planned or anything like that I think that's quite telling really and quite important and and quite impressive and I hope that can continue actually um even if it's even if it remains that kind of protest for home games to come after the break in the 12th minute or whatever um but the fact it could break out like that without being instructed or planned or ordered it shows shows some movement maybe certainly from the fans perspective that you know it, it wasn't just the lights for a minute it was then followed by you know 
the chance we've we've come to expect you know, fans uh, yeah. stood up and and chanted you know stand up if you want uh, lie out obviously the owner so um quite powerful it was given it was unprompted um quite impressive yeah i as to what they could do moving forward i mean there there are a couple aren't there i i was speaking to um a press colleague about this um i'm sure you won't mind me saying um uh, and fans of clubs in the past have and and by the way caveat we're not condoning this obviously because you know whatever um throwing things on haven't they stress balls i had it suggests to me obviously something soft yeah so you throw tennis balls on at charlton a few years yeah ten, tennis balls yeah um obviously a bit harder and you know might hit someone or whatever but well, at west brom in the night i think it was the early 90s or the late 80s you know a little bit before i can remember sporting west brom but there was the infamous when someone brought the, the coffin i don't know if it was on the side of the pitch or, or yeah sort that, of was Shrews- that, well. that was shrewsbury related i believe um potentially yeah I, yeah i remember that from my time covering shrewsbury i think um that was when they dropped to the, the third third yeah, tier, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, had to play the likes of shrews and, and others but um yeah uh yeah that's but things obviously that that has happened and I, again i'm obviously we're not condoning that and but i'm just saying that is what protest groups have done elsewhere yeah. in the past um a, another of I was going to say extreme, but not necessarily extreme. But I think it would make a make a stand. Um, and again, it's I'm not saying it's something I'm condoning because it probably goes against the motto of supporting the side. But it's it's walking out, isn't it, or or leaving your seats to go into yeah. the concourse or whatever. But again, does that go against the group wanting to you know stay behind Carlos Corbin? No, yeah, it's it's, um... it's a tricky one, isn't it? But it would, it, it you know, it clearly. Um, gather attention that and uh and and there are other things aren't there you know you, you can clearly you know meet and march around the ground and you know chant things like that we haven't quite seen that get off the ground yet have we to any great levels so it'd be interesting to see what they're doing but whatever the group choose to do i'm i know i'm sure it'll be in the best interest and they you know they, they won't overstep the mark and they'll continue with peaceful protests so yeah we'll see um closer to the end of the break no, yeah, I think I think the fact that a lot of Albion fans are talking about it now, and more and more people are getting involved, I think it's it's gone down gone down really well. And like you said, the lights probably had a little bit more of an impact than the the whistling, but uh, the ideas are great, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with next. Um, I have spoken to someone from Action for Albion, and, and hopefully we'll get them on in the in the near future to uh, to maybe have a bit of a chat and, and see what they are going to be planning next and and what what they're looking to to do in the future. So cheers for your question, and we've got a question here from Nath. Aldridge and what I'm going to do is bank this question Nathan we'll come back to you after the international break with some answers and the question is name your favourite Albion players from from when you were growing up for a Masters football five-a-side team remember Masters football on Sky that was brilliant wasn't it remember watching that years and years ago they bought they bought uh, unless I'm mistaken they bought that back this year didn't they in in a different guise or you know in a slightly tweaked format yeah love that love that well he's uh they said, I'm 30. My team is Foster, Evans, Pereira, Odomwingi, Lukaku, two subs, Son Gear and Jason Kumas. Absolutely sacrilege that you've put Jason Kumas on the bench, Nath. I do apologise. Um, um, also, but what I'll, what I'll say on that, Nath, um, well, I'll have, we'll both have a think about that and we'll come back to you because I can't do that off the top of my head. I'll be here writing names down for ages trying to get the right team together. Um, so we'll think about that, Nate, and we'll come back to you. Um, 
in the next time me and Lewis sit, which will be in a couple of weeks, to have a, a podcast. He's also but do I need to book a hotel for the playoff final? What I will say is, if you book one, do it on booking.com and get one of them, get one of them free cancellations, just in case. Just in case. Definitely um, need a cancellation because um, you don't need playoffs for the top two, do you, So. Oh, well, look at that. Even more confident there from Coxie. Um, well, right off a few of these. Um, this squad has gone from useless to useful under a new boss and has DK, Ajayi, Brian and Grant all to return. So where will Corbran look to strengthen in January? Where Where are we thinking he might be looking to bring players in for uh, yeah. in my opinion it has to be at least one player in the forward department um yeah. you look at it as what dk obviously we, we still don't quite know how he's going to return from the injuries thomas asante and grant don't we and that's that's three i mean what, what we've seen phillips play it haven't we he's obviously not a natural striker or forward um so i'd like to see i'd like to see added there I mean, interestingly johnny and i, I think another uh, listener asked asked this. They're not light on numbers, are they? The squad is not light on numbers, no. so clearly it needs to be addressed in quality. And we're looking at it. I mean, defensive structure was added, wasn't it, with the likes of Kelly and Peters? Um, when you look in there, you know, we're talking about players coming in, and then we talk about Alvin. We've got a decent enough size squad. You see players going out potentially. You know, yeah, it's now, just having a bit of a, just having a bit of a scan of it myself. Someone like an Adam Reach. Or, yeah, yeah, I can um, see that. You know, Kenneth Zahor. Um, well, yeah, left Zahor on the strikers list, didn't I? But uh, even but yeah. even even alone or, or or something, you know, his contract is up in the summer. Well, the loan market is 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 certainly one Albion need to be looking at, don't they? Yeah. Because you know, for a club who's used it so successfully, um, the fact that they're they're a non in is is interesting to say the least. But yeah, you could see, yeah, you know, in in an Alex Mowat star situation, you could see. One or two departing, couldn't you? And in that front, I mean, you mentioned Reach there. He's clearly lower in the pecking order than quite a few now. But again, his his feather is always that he can do a few roles, isn't it? And and that's uh, yeah, that he's got that become, versatility. It, it isn't could he? become useful, couldn't it? It could. Yeah. But I'm just in my head, I'm going through the positions, and I've been a well stocked in in many of the other positions with with some quality in there too and depth. I mean, interestingly, perhaps in goal. Yeah. yeah, we could. Yeah, Cor- but Corbyn will have an idea, won't he, about who he sees as his long-term Albion number one. And I'd suggest there's a pretty good chance that person is not at the club yet. And yeah. that depends on whether that keeper can obviously be acquired in January, which is a bit of an ask sometimes. Isn't or is it, it a case of, you know, don't know the ins and outs of Josh Griffiths' contract, uh, John, Josh Griffiths' loan deal, but is it a case of potentially you might see him? Yeah, um, I mean... Pro- you know, because like Palmer's, you would say, on Palmer's the f- doing great, isn't he? Palmer's yeah. doing great. He, do, he doesn't deserve to come outside at the moment. No, 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 no. We don't know what I goes can't. on. Is is you know in Corbrand's thoughts for like you said, his long term number one. But for a lot of Albion fans, you know, we haven't seen an awful lot of Griffiths. But from what we've heard and being tipped and playing for England, he's the future, isn't he? Um, yeah. So I'll be, you know, I'm sure Corbrand is well versed on on the guys that are out on loan at the moment. But again, you know, you go go through the rest of the squad, and I'm not trying to say. The squad doesn't need quality because, as we've discussed, I think till we're blue in the face this season, it, it does. But, um, you know, you talk about DK coming back and transforming the forward line, we hope, 
uh, with with Thomas Asante helping him, and obviously Grant's still in the mix as well, still being involved, albeit the injury at the moment. Um, you know, Ajay's close, isn't it? We expect Sammy Ajay to be to be back fit when football resumes. Now, probably the first month of the season, up until that injury at Wigan, he he was arguably Albion's best player, or certainly in the top two or three. And really influential was apart from the odd mistake, having good games. Now, you expect him to come back into the back line, wouldn't you? But um, but O'Shea and Bartley have been excellent of late uh, yeah. in, in, in free clean sheets on the spin. So some competition for places is, is happening, isn't it? And again, we haven't seen Livermore on the pitch for the last couple of games. Now, you, you know, obviously he's not getting any younger Livermore, but he's, he's, he had some decent games a month or so ago. And now now we're seeing Yakuzlu who's had a couple of very good games. Gordon Hickman, who played very well in weeks gone by. And and Malumbi back in the side. I thought Malumbi's had two top games at QPR and, and Saturday just gone. So the, if, if, if Albion are able to, if Corbrand's able to rotate and, and players coming in are, are playing well, and it bodes well, doesn't it? The, the, that strength and depth sort of starting to come through, really. We've seen shoots of it. And I'm not saying that, that means there won't be any additions in January because I, I think they're needed still, but certainly at least one up top and, and you'd look in the loan market, wouldn't you? Maybe another wide option. There's, there's, there's Wallace, Dean Garner and Phillips, isn't there? And um, and probably more that I can't think of at the moment, but we've seen Reach used out there and it's not, well, I don't know if you'd say if it's, it's his natural role, but just some extra quality out there maybe. So you're not so reliant on those three um, could possibly be useful as well. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. That brings me nicely on to the, uh, the next question that we've got, um, who's from Sunil Patel, another regular listener to the Baggies broadcast. Do Grant Ajayi and Dean Garner get into this side anymore? Or can you see more rotation and horses for courses from Corbrand after the World Cup so they may be used when fully fit? Um, touches on what you said there, isn't it? Yeah, it's done that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it seems that, you know, I don't think Ajayi will come straight back in. To be honest, I think at the moment, you know, you were, you got Bart the way Bartley's playing, and O'Shea looks a different player next to Bartley, which is something we, you know, we haven't talked about. We'll talk about on another podcast, but you know, Grant is obviously out. Um, and Dean Garner's just not been off the boil, but just been in and out a little bit in the last couple of weeks. He missed a really good chance, didn't he, against um, against Stoke at the weekend? Yeah. Um, but it does it does point towards that, you know, how quickly it's gone from is this squad good enough to the fact of. Christ, we've got a little bit of strength in depth now with players coming well, ja- back in January yeah. around the corner. Exactly that, mate. Yeah, I, I said uh, earlier in the show, didn't I, that, that John Swift started to to show what he's capable of. Well, we've seen him do at Reading. And and then, and amid the players coming back, you know, we haven't mentioned Tom Rogic, have we, who you know, we, we expect to be a big performer for Albion. Um, now, time frame's hard to put on that, isn't it? We where is his fitness? We have we have asked Carlos Corbran about that, but um, yeah, if 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 Tom Rogic can get anywhere near his level, you yeah, can be quite hopeful of a, another very talented attack-minded midfielder to add within the mix. So, so yeah, there there are options. As as for those three, I think that and and the the listener there, you know, horses for courses is is the shout, isn't it? Um, if you can rotate for for certain games, like how Malumbi was brought in for QPR away. I thought that was perfect and it worked perfectly. Um, yeah, it's dependent on the game and hopefully you can't go far wrong. No, 
No. Um, Suraj Chohan's got in touch. We've already heard Lewis has answered this very, very confidently. You can say it's tongue in cheek, but I think this is what he believes <laughs> is out of that. What position do you predict West Brom to finish this season now after the last three performances? Now, Lewis has said top two. Hold so on. I'm going pre- no. to pressure Lewis on top or second. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you a I'll give you a thought. Um, I'm gonna go six. Yeah, I'm gonna go six, and that's just off about five seconds of thought. What about you, Johnny? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you a, a head and a heart answer. <laughs> so what's your your heart answers first? So my head answer. My head answer is pessimistic, and I'm not usually that pessimistic, but my head answer is seventh. I nearly said seventh. Interesting. I'm just going to miss that. My seventh. heart answer is fourth. I yeah. don't think Albin. I don't think Albin. Even though we're really early, and you know, obviously at the moment you look at. I, I was listening to um, Radio Five Live on the way to the game that I was at on Saturday, and Mark Clement was on, and he was saying how, you know, I think Blackburn have lost more games than Albion, <laughs> and they look where Blackburn are. And it was Norwich had won six in a row, but now they've lost eight of the last ten and something like this. And it's just all so tight and congested. And Albion are, what, eight points off the playoffs now? Um, so it's not for the record, I mean, for, for the record, top two was tongue-in-cheek, but it, it can happen. It can uh, happen, It's, yeah, it's but, early enough to happen. Yeah. Um, and there will yeah. be bumps. In, I don't, you know, we've had three games on the core, uh, four games on the core, Brown. obviously the first one was not great, but the last three have been really good, um, good results. But it's not going to be like this every week. There are going to be bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my head, yeah, my head's telling me something like last game of the season, heartache, missing out by a goal or a point. Oh, God. Um, on, the play- <laughs> on the playoffs or something like that. I don't know. Just say it just smacks of typical Albion. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, people are making the, you know, people are, someone asked him about it in the, um, in the press conference when he was unveiled, you know, and a couple of people I've spoken to already have made the comparisons of Steve Cooper's Nottingham Forest last season and, and the way they went on and remarkably went back to the Premier League. Um, so that's the the one comparison you make, but hopefully, um, hopefully we'll see. We've got two more questions. Uh, one from John Want, a really good question this is. Um, given that Corbran may not have been available had Bruce been sacked earlier, have Albion been fortunate that Gourlay didn't act before he did? That's a very good question. Um, a point I made a few weeks ago, I think you remember, Lewis, is that if Albion do miss out on the playoffs by four, three or four points, mm. then you can look back to that indecision of not sacking Steve Bruce. Um, I'm just looking now. Carlos Colbram was sacked by Olympiacos. Was it Olympiacos on the 18th yeah. of September? Um, and that was after Norwich won all. So, mm. like, like we were saying before, like we probably thought he should have gone after the Birmingham game. If he had gone, Colbrand might not have been available straight away. Yeah. Um, it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's, it's I, hindsight. It's, it's, but it's, yeah, it could it could turn know. out to be a genius de- genius yeah. decision inadvertently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to know, and it's something that would be interesting to to ask Ron Gourlay. Um I think I, I think there's legs, and I I, be, I have faith and belief in what, what we were told regards Steve Bruce has the games after that international break after Norwich because they were winnable. It was, you know, let's let's turn this hard luck draw story, conceding first story around. He's he's got that. You know, we have to remember he hadn't been at the club very long, Eddie Bruce. Do have to sort of try and, you know, for balance, remember that. 
but um but yeah i think we all feared the worst by then didn't we and it it there's so much isn't there about yeah sack a manager but there's so much in well what's out there what are you going to do when you sack the manager and it's all well and good having rich beal or a another to hold the fort which he did admirably um tough job as it was Mm. it was you know, I'm sure you have your first choice, your second choice. You you have interested candidates. You interview. What if they turn you down? What if they get snapped up from elsewhere? Be interesting to t- yeah, like you say, talk to them about that because just not revealing too many details. But I think what Davis Carl's called around appointed was it a Tuesday? Was it a Tuesday night? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, night, it was Tuesday. It was appointed. So the yeah. previous three weeks, so, three weeks Tuesday, today, I believe. So it's Tuesday after Millwall. So Millwall, I went down to London on the Friday. So I spoke to you, didn't I, when I was on my way down and said. Just had a tip off that Albion are, or have got a number one target, and it wasn't Carlos. Well, it wasn't Carlos Corbran. We don't we don't know if it was 100% accurate at the time. Um, and then it emerged that Carlos Corbran was the, the number one target, wasn't he? Um, and Albion went and appointed him. Um, but it shows that there were other names in the frame, weren't there, at the time? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it was one of them, you know, in hindsight, and it'd be good to pick, like you said, pick. Ron Gourley's brains about the process because at the moment, you know, we're only four games in, we're very much in the honeymoon period at the moment, but you've got to say at the moment it's looking like a good choice. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, one final question um, I'm going to read out because I really liked the question when it came in this morning. Um, and it was from Clint McCormick of All Albion Fans gets in touch with some very good questions. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of the, the little bit, the little, little nooks and grannies of his questions, but as the FA Cup third round or uh, the FA Cup third round draw, that's better, will be done before the next podcast. If we are drawn away, just taking the ground slash area into account, who are you hoping for and why? Oh that's a cracker. Johnny knows. Johnny Johnny knows. I'm big on the 92. I'm ticking off the ground. Oh yeah, you'll be on that, won't you? Uh, You'll be you'll be taking us to far flung, random, small ground we've never been to. (laughs) That doesn't mean I'm going to pick a a bottom end League Two club. You better have been to Carlisle already. Before, yeah, no. Um, There are possibly half Premier League clubs grounds I haven't been to. So I'd I'd want to go to I'd like to go to one of the big ones that I haven't been to from a selfish point of view. Obviously that doesn't do Albion's sort of cup hopes much much good, but the ones I haven't been to are Spurs' new place, which Yeah, Clint's is, mentioned Spurs. Yeah. Is is unbelievable, isn't it, really, by all accounts. Um and I haven't been to Arsenal or Chelsea. So uh, I I also haven't been to City, but um City's, uh, City's, yeah. yeah, City's not great. I'm, it's all right. I'm not huge fans of of City, so I'm I'm in no rush to go there. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind. Uh, not that I particularly like Chelsea either, but yeah, I would I wouldn't mind one of those grounds <laughs> in the capital that I um that I haven't yeah, been maybe Spurs. Yeah, been... I mean Arsenal. I'd, I'd quite like to see what Arsenal's is is like because it's new, but it's not very new anymore, is it? So um, yeah, but Spurs definitely. Yeah, if not, the answer to your question, any of the grounds I haven't been to because I'm on a Early to mid sixties, I think, out of the ninety-two. Almost so uh, you're almost too many there. left to tick off. You're almost there. I don't even know. I'm about thirty, but yeah. Where? So which one me. would you? Where, if you had a choice, Johnny, which one would you pick? So I got two answers again for this. I had to think about it before. So ground slash area. I yeah, I've I've heard Spurs raved about, and I do like quite quite like going to London. Um. So yeah, Spurs for that. But 
every time there's an FA Cup third round draw, I only ever look for one tie. And it hasn't come out since 2007. Right. And that's Wolves. Yeah. Wolves away. Wolves away, Wolves at home. That's the only draw. When that FA Cup draw is made, I'll be looking for the Wolves ball and the West Brom ball. And they have come pretty close to each other in the last, when was that, 15 years ago. Um, So, yeah, whether it's home, whether it's away. Tasty. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. just to marry that in, I know West Brom fans sort of sacrilege, I'm going to praise Wolves, but the press food at Wolves is unbelievable. Oh, you'll be getting cancelled for that, mate. <laughs> but only, it'll, and i tell you what, it'll taste even better if West Brom go there and win. If they draw in there, draw each other oh, in Oh, there. there'll be Black Country derbies next season regardless. In the Ooh, he's gone for it. He's laid the boot in. <laughs> well, I've been in our office in Wolverhampton this I time. know yeah it was getting a bit heated yesterday wasn't it uh, but thanks very much for your questions um, Albion fans really appreciate it. there's a few I couldn't read out but do get back in touch next week we'll be coming back to you in a couple of weeks with that uh, that Masters five side team as well uh, right time for a quiz um, I was joined um, well I joined TJ Smithy um, we were also alongside a guest this week. I took them on in a head-to-head. The last head-to-head I took on was TJ Smithy's dad before the Clash of the Legends game. Did really well there. Um, this is how I got on in the latest head-to-head last week. You'll be a little bit disappointed in the Albion fans. I do apologise. Here we go. The Baggies broadcast quiz is back. Haven't been doing so well recently and I'm under a bit of pressure today. We've got our second head-to-head. Did quite well on the last head-to-head, but we've got Tom Garrett with us, big Albion fan. Tom, how's it going? You feeling confident today? Because I'm not. Um, I'm, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I am today, if I'm honest. <laughs> I don't know why, I'm just not. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, uh, I think as long as these questions from like the promotion years, I'll be fine. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, hopefully, TJ Smithy on the other side has been uh, been kind with the questions. I'll pass it over to you, pal. Talk through what we've uh, we've got to do while we do a last, last little minute bit of prep. Yeah, no worries. So it's the the Baggies trivia quiz. So there's going to be nine categories. You got to choose a category you want. You'll answer. Uh, I'll give you the question. You answer it. If you lose it, it goes to the other person to steal the point. Person with most points at the end wins. Quite simple. So your categories today are back in time, managers, what happened elsewhere, players. Premier League, Championship, what time, this season, and World Cup. So Sounds we'll tough, sounds it, tough. We'll give it to the guest, first of all. Yeah, yeah, we'll guess first, yeah. I'm happy with that. Put him under um, a bit of pressure, put him on the back foot early. What does what time mean, or, or do we... It's the time in a game. Um, give me... <laughs> Give me players. Players. So, three Albion players have featured every single game this season. Name all three. This is for the championship as well. Um, Townsend. Uh, I thought maybe this is odd because we've changed. We, we, we've never had a, the same goalie. Um, has O'Shea played every game? I'll go O'Shea, Townsend and... Is he start? No, this is featured in appearances that they could have come off the bench. Yeah, um, and Dean Garner, that's my three. You were wrong, so it goes to Johnny. I'm going to go Times End O'Shea, Jed Wallace. You were right. (laughs) What a steal! (laughs) Come on. 
Wallace is so obvious as well. I, I, I nearly went Swift, but I questioned Townsend to be fair, but yeah, he's come off the bench when he hasn't started. Yeah, so, yeah. Take that. Oh, solid start. Put him right on the back foot there straight yeah. away. One nil. Right. So, what, what, so what have we got? I'll go championship. Championship. So for the championship, your question is: since it was called the championship in 2004, what is the average place West Brom finished? Rounded up to the closest number. Oh, that's a great question. Average. Average number. Can I use a calculator? No. <laughs> so, so it's called 2004. So fourth, first, first, fourth. I'm going to say third. Maybe one eight, probably. No. Go over to Tom. I'll go fourth. It was correct. It was yeah. 3.8 rounded up to the closest number. <sighs> Do you know what? Until you started working out like that, I would have gone like, I think I would have gone third. Yeah. So, both, yeah, back in time, managers, what happened elsewhere, Premier League, what time this season, and World Cup? Uh, I'll go World Cup. How many Albion players have been called up to represent in the World Cup? Ooh, none. It was wrong. Oh. What, you mean this year? But the World Cup that's happening in a week. I can't think of any. No, I don't think there is any. No, I'm going to have to pass because I don't think there is any. There was one. Who's the one? Turkey, in it. Turkey yeah. on in the World Cup? They are, aren't they? No. Oh, far, far. <laughs> uh, Sack the fucking quiz master. Oh, I'm doing, oh, I don't know. You'll have to redo mare. the question and he'll have to say <laughs> none and then you'll have to say, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so none. Yes, that was correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done myself over it. I've had it, I've had it right, man. <laughs> Leave that in for the bloopers reel. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> what happens when you start trying to do nine? Yeah, I questioned that a while ago, but I was like, yeah, they're not in it. Yeah, there was. There could have been two, I think. Rogic and DK, but no, none of them got picked. Or, or yeah. um, I was thinking of Joy, but Nigeria haven't qualified. Have no, they? yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah. So... There we go, 2-1. Yeah, got there in the end. <laughs> Just about. Got there in the end. Right, I'll go for Premier League. Premier League. So, quite an hard one, this one. West Brom have had a total of 4,609 shots in the Premier League. What percentage of them are on target? Christ alive. What percentage are on target? Yeah. I haven't got to get... What is it like... It's, 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 I'll do closest to it within 5%. Right, okay. Bloody hell. 32. It was 35, so you win. <laughs> I would not. I what would a guess. Like, I was going to go like 12%. I didn't think you'd be that high. <laughs> Sound like a pe- true pessimistic Albion <laughs> fan, that. No, I, I just thought average shot percentage would be lower than yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be that high. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite an hard one, that. What's that? Two all now. Back on level two. So, do you need to know the back over to you, Tom? Yeah, what have we got left? Yeah, back in time, managers. What happened elsewhere? What uh, what time and this season? Give me gaffers. Since the year two thousand, who was the longest serving manager for West Brom? Um, Oh. Since 2000, shit, when did Megson come in? They sacked him, didn't they? You know, uh, 
Oh, it's going to be so fucking tight, that is. I don't think it's Hodgson, not hard. Uh, I'll go Mowbray. No. Oh, Gary oh, Me- I know it is. I know Gary Megson. It was Megson. Yeah. Oh, I was, was going to oh. get this. What a steal. How long was... How long it was long? hard because it was, I think it was four years. Tight, yeah. And I think uh, Pulis was about six months off. Yeah, yeah he was, well. yeah. As soon as yeah, I said Moby, I thought Pulis, but yeah, fucking hell. There we go. 3-2. this game's it's an exciting encounter. Oh, it's back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> so you have back in time, what happened elsewhere, what time and this season. Oh, it's me, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> We're all staring at each other, haven't we? <laughs> this season. Yeah. So... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Taking away extra time, West Brom have had a total of 1,710 minutes played in the championship. How many minutes have we led in games? Not not many. (laughs) To the closest 10. Well, we could be here for hours doing this, couldn't we? Yeah. I'll let you know, Tom. Johnny pulls these ones out of the bag somehow. (laughs) When do we score at QPR? Second half, wasn't it? Uh, 85 minutes. That's wrong. I think it's more than that because Reading as well. Um, Did we lead against Blues? Uh, I'll go 110. Uh, so you were the closest. It was actually two hundred and twenty-two minutes. Jesus, really? But I think at one stage we were just over about ninety minutes, and then because of the past couple of wins, plus leading against Watford for uh, Norwich for a long, uh, it bumped yeah. it up a bit. Oh, I forgot mm. the Norwich game. Yeah. yeah, I forgot that as well. Ah. There we go, free all. Free all. There are you're not you're not kind with these questions, are you? They're tough. (laughs) They're tough, man. They're tough. How many have we got left? So you've got two categories left. So it's three all. Bastion time or what time? Oh, is it me? Um, Back in time. West Brom beat Manchester United 5-3 in a famous victory at the Old Trafford in the 98, uh, in the 78-79 season. But who scored the fifth goal? Oh, Regis. That's correct. Oh. Zero. That was like one of three there, wasn't it? That was just yeah. a pot like, pot like <laughs> The near post won the goal. Yeah, it's the one. Oh, what a goal, that one, I think. <laughs> Right, so we've got one left. Your last what, I'm category, what time? What time? Right. What's the score? 4-3? 4-3. 4-3, yeah. By one. So West Brom suffered heart, heartache in the FA Cup semi-final against Portsmouth. What time did they score their controversial goal? I know this as well, so you better get it. Oh. 
I'll tell you what, I've put this down. I can't even... Oh, the quiz is having another shocker. Yeah, 78 minutes I'll go for. It's probably wrong. Okay, cool. I had it written down as well. Thought you'd have learned lessons from last week's lack of prep, Tom. Come on, come on. It's a long delay, this is. It is a long delay, but it's wrong. because that's wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. (laughs) It it weren't that light. Put us out of our misery, Tom. Tell us what it is. I'm pretty sure it was the 55th. You were a minute out. Oh! Minute. Was it that early? Yeah, but there's a big... People always think, oh, they scored really late on. But yeah. I was there. I can't remember. But we, just, we, pe- we absolutely peppered them after that. Just peppered yeah. yeah. Shocking. So biggest, in- winner... biggest injustice has ever been in football, that was. Yeah. 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 But there we go. Battered. 5-3. Five, 5-3. Three. Apt that the, the the winning question was the five three scoreline as well for your West Brom. That was the yeah. decider as well, wasn't it? But yeah, balance effort got in front, just let a lead slip, let a lead slip. Couldn't you did couldn't, couldn't, finish finish couldn't finish me chances. A lot like West Brom this season, really. <laughs> yeah. There we go, Tom. Thanks for your time, mate. Really enjoyed that head to head, and we'll have Cheers. you back on back on again yeah. in the future. TJ Smithy, all the best, pal. Yeah, Come up with no some, worries. Some, some easier questions next week. And make sure you write everything down. <laughs> make sure you write everything down. That's the homework for next time. Cheers, lads. All the best. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Don't mate. Worry. There we go. There was my head-to-head. Started so well. Got a little steal in, but yeah, just didn't finish it off too well. But thanks very much for that. Thanks for your time, TJ Smithy. Again, we'll be bringing you um, we'll be bringing you a quiz for a couple of weeks now because we've got our guest episodes, but we'll be back in a few weeks' time. Hopefully, maybe Coxie and me and you head-to-head. Yeah, We've been talking really, about this for a while, yeah. haven't we? No, I'm really keen, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'd be doing nothing but embarrassing myself. But yeah. no, no, we'll try. We, we've got it worked out. We're going to work some some West Brom related Liverpool questions in there for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm keen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get even it up, even it up a a little bit. Um, finally, we're just going to talk about now, as we said there. Just then, me and Cox are having a bit of a a two week break from the regular pod. We'll be back prior to Sunderland, unless a massive story breaks in the meantime. Um, well, I'll be our way on their pre-season camp or pre-season, mid-season camp. Uh, but we've got the guest series coming up, haven't we, Cox? Are you excited for it? Starting Thursday very. with our, our mate Andy Johnson. Yes, very much so. Yeah, we had some good uh, good fun recording those, didn't we? Some laughs. So hopefully the listeners will not miss the footy too much and this will just fill a little, fill a little slot for them. And uh, yeah, whether they're walking the dog or, you know, driving around or in the gym, whatever people do listening to podcasts. Yeah, these were good, weren't they? I, especially Darren Moores was top, wasn't it? Darren Moores was, I mean, you know, what What? What could you want more than Big Dave? And and yeah. I'm sure uh, he wouldn't mind us saying as well, by the way, current Sheffield Wednesday manager, of course, recorded on the day of a game. Yeah. While so, his team fight out at the top of League One. I mean, we, you know, yeah. we know where Darren Moore's priorities are. Yeah. So you know, with, just with as a bit of a bit of, to add to what you're saying there, Lou. So we for for Albion fans, I think we recorded on a Wednesday. I think it was. It was so yeah. we were going to record with with Darren at, at ten o'clock. Um, so about half past nine, what we do is all, I always text the guests and just say that any problem, any technical problems getting on the call, let me know. Anyway, Darren's messaging me back straight. I go, I can't do ten. Can we do twelve? 
Um, we were like, yep, great. And he was very apologetic. But it was only just prior to that podcast that we we thought, I think we we said to each other, didn't we, Lewis? Oh, he must have had a game last night. And then we looked and realised it was that evening. <laughs> um, so, and Dan almost said he's got some downtime. And we usually do an hour for the episodes, but we sat with Dan for about an hour and 40 minutes um, for a podcast or for all for the recording. Um, which you'll get to hear in a few weeks' time when the when the episode comes out. Um, and all the guests have been fantastic with their time. The Andy Johnson one comes out first on on Thursday. Um, you may have seen some f- stories and clips floating around, floating around, talked about his post career, um, for, former Albion players, his commentary role, a few of his his ex teammates. So it's going to be a belter on that one for a bit of background on that one. Gas even got a funny story with it, isn't it, Lewis? Because that almost nearly didn't happen, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. had a few. Yeah. Um, from uh, well, bumps in the from road the, from, the, from the public houses of Norfolk, wasn't it? Yeah, from a pub dance room, and then he spent the second half of it in a beer garden, um, <laughs> in a beer garden in the winter. So that's absolutely spot on commitment for the for the West Brom podcast. No, all four all four of the guests we we did were were quality and great yeah. to have their time. Yeah, really grateful. Yeah, because it is obviously with Albion not playing for a month and limited access then being abroad things like that it, yeah. it, it it can get quiet so um yeah great to hear old tales and catch up with you know with certain certain players it's it's really good of them no it's really good and hopefully you know we'll talk about this after the series but hopefully we can carry on bringing these we'll, we'll have to wait and see um what happens with that one and got a few other ideas in motion haven't we? yeah hopefully we can bring something for you as well later in the season and we did mention that we we were in talks with a former Albion striker about coming on the podcast and I'm not going to reveal his name um, but he's agreed to come on the Baggies broadcast we haven't been able to nail down a date as of yet um, so hopefully if we can chat to him in the next few weeks it might be a potential Christmas New Year pod or if not it'll be one that a, a belter that will keep for our series um, next year um, so they'll be coming to you throughout the the winter break just on that one Lewis you excited for that one without revealing oh. the name it's going to be a belter oh. isn't it if we can get it oh yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah that's that's top tier stuff that yeah but we can't say too much in case it doesn't come off in case it doesn't like, come off yeah if it doesn't come off you got, if it doesn't come off you just have to listen to me and Lewis chat garbage for another hour <laughs> we don't um, need a Christmas special do we already because as I was discussing with my other half last night we've got a we've got a Christmas week trip to Coventry haven't we that uh when yeah. when none of n- n- no one else in the championship is uh, yeah. is in any action, I don't think so. That's a, yeah, that's a bit of a blow. A couple of nights before Christmas, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, we're we'll hopefully bringing you that festive um, episode. Lewis, we'll cut break now. Um, just I'm going to ask you what you're going to be doing in a minute. But for, for Albion, they're off to Spain. Um, Costa Blanca, I think I read yesterday. Yes, East Spain. Yeah, East yeah. Spain. So. Um, Looks like obviously they've got a week off this week. Back at back at the training ground um, next week, and then um, a week where he can get them away to to Spain. It sounds like it's going to be pretty intense for Albion. You know they've got this week off to to re-energize. I think I saw on Instagram Taylor Gardner Ritman jetting off somewhere or going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like I said, it's a it's a beneficial few days to have off before. Um, some pretty intense training from from Carlos and and I for one I'm excited to see what Albion come back like after the World Cup. But so is it, are we thinking it's going to be camp out there and a game or a couple of games? What, what are Albion looking to, to I try think, and do? Um, Corbrand's hoping when when we spoke to him about it last week to to set up a friendly. That is that is the ideal scenario and enough clubs will be out and about there, won't they? So you know, hopefully that that becomes feasible. Um, interesting to speak to him about it actually and got some some more sort of interesting detail and his thoughts to come on it actually so I, what 
I won't spoil that too much, but I think I think double sessions in the Spanish sun, it's going to be pretty intense. Um, but interestingly, he didn't, you know, didn't really say that it's going to be physically demanding. You know, a lot on the um, bonding side of it, a lot on the organisational side of it. A bit of golf. Tactics side of it, golf. Yeah, well, it'd be surprised if there wasn't golf involved, wouldn't it? You'd, <laughs> you'd love that, wouldn't you? But and and also, again, without saying too much and spoiling a story, we've got um, the World Cup is of course on, which is uh, well not on yet, but it's about to be on, which is why we've got this break yeah. in the first place. So I think the, um, you know, I'd be surprised if the from what Corbin said, the group won't sit down and take in a, a few games on the box just to, you know, I think it'll all all help, won't it, with spirit and morale? And he was quite keen on this trip quite keen to have all of his players together um obviously the training together would happen here anyway if they weren't aboard but that recovery time together he said within the confines of a hotel resort is is really important he said and uh, interesting to hear how he'll focus so much of his time on the organization tactical side of it i think that's i do i do really think that's where albion could excel when we're back so um yeah it'd be good to see the fruits of the labor uh, when things are back and we'll be up in Sunderland, won't we, on a Monday night? We will do indeed. Um, I know that you've probably noticed some Albion fans have um, been talking about the last time Albion went to Spain on a on a mid-season trip. Which yeah, transpired, something happened, is, uh, didn't it? Some, something went down. Something went down. It was talking about on Ben Foster's podcast this week and it is actually the five-year anniversary in February, but um, I'm sure that's not going to happen Um this time and it's going to be really beneficial and like we said it's going to be great to see what Alvin come come back um come back like and that you know they've got Sunderland, Rotherham, Coventry, Bristol and Preston I think before the end of the year. Lewis your World Cup break um I'm off to League One and Two for a few games but you've got your sat yeah. back for a while where's where's the other half going to be dragging you off to for the weekends? Oh uh, we, we yeah we do have all sorts planned actually we're we're no lack of mileage actually Johnny considering there's a break I've got a Got a 30th birthday party down in Kent coming. Um, you, you'll be you, you'll be probably unsurprised to to know we've got a, a little little spa break booked in. Little nice. little over right up your street. That no no manicures or pedicures involved, mate. Uh, um, so that's that. I think that's down Essex way. So a uh, few miles. Um, Christ. A few miles, yeah. yeah. What else are we hoping to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to watch as much World Cup football as as possible, obviously. But uh, I'm not always in control of the TV remote. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. A few few bits planned. Looking forward to it. Um, but I will miss the action. I think beyond it'd be nice to have this maybe this coming weekend off. As I say, I've got a 30th birthday to attend, but we'll be missing the action, won't we? I'm sure. Sure we will. Baggage fans, let us know what you're doing through the the World Cup break. We'll put a few tweets out on the Baggage Broadcast um, Twitter page um, at Albion Poddy. Let us know what you're doing. Let us know what games you're going to. Send us a few picks. I'm sure a few of you will be going around the non-league grounds or the lower league grounds and, and getting your football fix while there's no Albion. But we'll be back raring to go on the 12th with that long trip up to Sunderland. But there you go. The final normal Baggage Broadcast for a few weeks. And what a turnaround it has been for Albion. Um, we're not all doom and gloom now. It's been three upbeat episodes of the Braggies broadcast in a row. I don't really know what's going on, to be honest. Um, but on the field, things are improving. Off it, fans still need answers. Um, our action for Albion are banging the drum. And hopefully Lewis will get to talk to Ron Gawley soon and we'll be able to bring you some much-needed info about off-field issues. Um, but on it, the Baggies are back. 
well, sort of. Everything's a bit more, there's a bit more boing boing in the Baggies fans at the moment heading into this international break. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, guest episode on Thursday with Andy Johnson, the first of four episodes available on SoundCloud, Apple and Spotify. It's going to be a belter. Have a great break. Enjoy the World Cup. And until next time, from me and Lewis, goodbye. <laughs>